Hello, everyone. This is Sonata Allison, and you're listening to episode 19 of the Parallel Podcast, where we talk about sexuality as it should be. All right. Hey, guys. So I was just thinking, and um, I'm, I just love, I get excited when it's just like me and you here, you know? Um, I really love doing interviews um, with my friends and like different people that come on, but I just, for whatever reason, I just get really excited when it's just us. But anyways, um, yes, being touch starved. I think it's a really cool topic to address. Um, I think it's important for people to understand that sex and touch are two separate things. They don't have to be sexual, um, but obviously you can make touch sexual, but I think it's important for us to know that touch is a good thing from friends, from family, from a boyfriend, and it doesn't have to escalate to something sexual. So I want to talk about the benefits of touch and um, kind of differentiate um, touch from sex um, and what that may look like in our lives. So let's get right into it. So I was inspired to talk about this subject when I saw a post from Project 619. I don't know if you've heard of that, but Project 619 is basically a company that speaks about sexuality, many different topics and areas of sexuality within the Christian realm from a big biblical perspective. So Project SIX and then number 19, you'll be able to find them. Um, but they made a post on uh, Instagram and it was basically saying um, maybe it's not sex that you're after or you're trying to feed uh, the fact that you're sex starved with se- sorry, the fact that you are touch starved with sexuality. And I was like, wow, that is an interesting distinction so then I started to look more into um, touch starvation I don't know why I keep saying sex starvation but (laughs) I mean touch starvation I was looking more into touch starvation and what it looks like for humans and it was really eye-opening for me they were basically outlining um, how potentially what we're looking for when seeking sexual pleasure may simply be caused by our desire for touch and that really hit different because I think it answers a lot of questions about society's relationship with sex. Um, So the term is called basically touch deprivation or being touched about touch deprived or some say touch starved. And basically it's when you don't get as much touch as you used to or as much touch as you need. This is actually something that was made more evident through the pandemic because um, I mean, people can't touch like where we have to stay six feet apart and we have to stay in our homes different things like that so you can just only imagine how the lack of touch um, affected people Um, and that's even to the point where um, we were mindful of like if we did touch someone how long we were touching them or anything like that so that's just that paranoia that comes with it and that and a uh, situation actually just came to mind as I'm talking about this Um, there was actually this little boy who was kind of running through a Publix um, like kind of in the beginning of the pandemic. So everyone's wearing masks. People are kind of avoiding each other. They had those little, you know, lines. You can only down, go down one grocery aisle line. And, and for whatever reason, they thought that made sense to avoid COVID. But um, 
uh, people were just kind of avoiding each other. But this little boy was kind of running around uh, the store. Um, And at one point, I'm in an aisle. He runs past me, and I see him running towards the door. And I look back, and I see his mom at the complete opposite side of the aisle. And I'm like, okay, let me look. If I look at, like, there's no way she's going to be able to catch up to him. I'm going to have to do something. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, I shouldn't touch this child, but he's literally running out the front door to run into traffic. So I'm literally like right behind him, like, uh, uh, and then I just grabbed him. I had to, because he was literally right there about to run into the street. And obviously in any situation, the right choice is to like stop the kid from running to the road. But I'm having like a split thought like, oh, I don't want the mom to be mad at me if I touch her kid in the middle of COVID. I don't have COVID in the middle of the pandemic, Um, but I don't have COVID. But what if she gets angry that I grabbed her kid? I'm like, she'd probably be more angry if I didn't grab her kid from before running into the street. Um, So, yeah, just those kinds of like nervous situations are kind of happening all throughout the pandemic where maybe you do spend time with someone more often. So you're able to touch them more often but also you don't want to touch them too much because they may be leaving and going and spending time with other people as you guys know like this is not news to you but um this plays a part in our society and America is already a touch starved society there are societies that are worse off than us but um people are not as touchy here as in other places like um I kind of remember when I was in Africa, there were these two little boys holding hands and walking together. And it wasn't anything um, where they had a different sexual preference. They just were friends and they held each other's hands, um, which was very normal there. And I know, you know, in France, people kiss each other's faces like on both sides and things like that. Um, But yeah, this whole situation with the pandemic definitely added to um, touch starvation for sure all around the world. Um, And there is a desire in the majority of us to be held and to be close to someone we care about. And it dates back to our childhood. And I'd say it lasts until we take our final breaths. Um, Personally, um, I kind of see that when I was younger and since I was young, I've always wanted to be close to people I loved. My family always tells this story. Um, When I was younger and I would spend a lot of time at my grandma's house, I'd literally grab her from whatever she was doing it could be washing dishes cleaning something um making food I would literally with my little hand guide her back to her her couch in the living room I'd sit her down just so I could sit on her lap and just lay there with her so I've always loved being held if it wasn't abnormal for me to put myself in that situation again to sit with my grandma I would do it (laughs) because I love being close to the people that I love Um, but, uh, as I've gotten older, like things have changed, obviously things are, I think as society progresses, there's just this thought process that, oh, as you get older, you should need touch less. You should need people less. You should become more independent in every single way. Um, so then I think for whatever reason in society, we come to this understanding like, oh, if I can't find it, um, if it's like not normal for me to desire this, where can I find it and it'd be okay? And I think that has been found in romantic relationships where it's like, okay, maybe I don't ask for it too much for my family or for friends or anything like that. But I do know for sure that if I'm in a romantic relationship, this person can touch me and it's normal. Um, So 
like I spoke about in episode three, there's um, so much love to go around in platonic relationships. Once you realize it isn't weird or inappropriate um, to receive fulfilling love from friends, um, you realize it's completely normal to enjoy being physically close to your friends. Um, so by confusing the need for touch with the need for sexual intimacy, it can create opportunity for a lot of unnecessary hurt Um, But also for you to miss out on opportunities to be close to people you care about platonically and romantically. Um, And I think society has made this kind of like muddy water unnecessarily. Um, Like for women, but also for men. um, I think especially for men. Um, There's even been phrases like pause created to say like when something could potentially be taken in a wrong way. Um, and men are calling things gay that simply are not. So I think society has definitely played a toll, um, or played a role in why people are so uncomfortable with receiving touch from just people that are not in romantic relationships. Um, but even romantically, I know friends who have struggled to feel close to their boyfriends because they lack this sexually intimate aspect, like They've convinced themselves that if the sexual aspect is not there or they're not working towards it, then they're not as close as they could be. And I think TV and society has played um, a a role and and has caused a lot of misconceptions about love and sex. Um, Especially for Christians, there are other ways to express your attractions to someone. Um, Some Christians have different views and convictions, but you can kiss someone without heavily making out you can hug someone for a longer time without it becoming sexual and you can cuddle with people as well no none of those things have to lead to something sexual and none of those things have to be sexual or considered sexual um and that's just me kind of talking to my desire to allow you to not have shame for wanting to kiss someone or hug someone or be close to them Um, now those things may be arousing, but they don't have to be, and they could be, and you just don't need to continue past that point. So if you realize, oh, I can't, um, kiss for longer than 10 seconds or something, then don't do that. And you have a conversation with, um, your boyfriend or girlfriend and talk to them about that. Um, I think when we learn that it's a desire for our literal, like skin to touch non-sexually, it'll be easier to engage like this with friends but also with your significant other um, without it having to be sexual so a really cool example of humans need for nurturing or physical touch is research I read about in college so they did research where they had a little monkey in a cage with two metal wire monkeys posing as mother figures so on one side was a wire monkey that had Um, a bottle in its hand and on the other side the monkey figure made out of wire um, was kind of clothed in like a a wool cloth that had that was a covering and it didn't have any food with it Um, so what they found was that even though the wire mom had food so the kind of the little bottle in its hand for the little monkey to live the monkey would rather spend more time cuddling up with the warm mother and when the monkey would get scared it would run to the warm mother um And this is also a little nod to the fact that parenting is not just providing needs, but also providing warmth. And that is literally physically, but also emotionally. So the little monkey literally needed what the wire mom, the wire monkey with the nutrient mom had to live. If that monkey didn't eat that food, it would die eventually. 
Um, and it was almost as if he would rather die feeling nurtured and warm rather than spending time with the cold mother that fed him the nutrients he needed to live, which I thought was just like so cool and crazy that um, nurturing and warmth and closeness was that much more important to that baby monkey. And like, if we look at it in our own lives, like there are kids who stay with um, parents who may not have them in, in healthy environments, but they'd rather um, be living in like a roach infested place where they don't have food or, or running water or often electricity all the time, but they love their mom and their mom, mom loves them very well. She's, she's close to them emotionally and physically. Um, so I think that speaks to just the understanding of um, our need for touch and closeness with people. And I think it, I think that was an incredible example of, of each of our needs for touch and warmth in our relationships. Um, so now I want to outline some of the positive effects of skin to skin contact with people you love or really just like people in general. Um, so obviously you guys are probably aware of it being encouraged that parents have skin to skin contact with their babies when they're born, but it's pretty cool to see why. So one of the reasons that blew my mind is that it helps the baby to better absorb the, uh, and digest nutrients. And like, think about that for a second. Why would the mom touching the baby somehow help the baby better absorb and digest nutrients? Like that's literally something happening inside their body with their organs. But that touch like did that for them, which is so cool to me. Um, Just shooketh. I was shook. Also, it helps the baby to regulate their heart rate. It helps them to improve brain development and functions as a bonding experience. So when I say bonding, I mean creating an emotional attachment to the parent. Um, but why would it still matter into adulthood? Like, why would we need these things? Like, I, I think I do a pretty good job absorbing and digesting nutrients on my own without my mother. Um, I think my brain's developing on my own without my mother. Um, so why would we need these things continuing into our lives? Um, and I'm, I'm here to tell you why. <laughs> so I'd assume that none of you listening to this podcast are still breastfeeding, right? Um, that would be very weird. Um, something, something that was pointed out to me is that our skin is the largest organ of our body. So I already knew this, right? This is, you, you learn this maybe I think like elementary school or maybe middle school that you're skin is your largest organ so that means the way that our bodies experience the world can be affect can affect our innards so things that are happening outside of us are affecting the inside of us so pretty simple right so one doctor said that when you stimulate the pressure receptors under the skin your heart slows um, food in your gastrointestinal tracts is absorbed into the body better and serotonin is released into your body. And serotonin is basically like one of the happy hormone hormones. So um, in turn, it decreases pain and increases alertness, which is really cool. So kind of it, it's kind of mixed in to where um, the touch that we needed as babies is still doing the same thing that it needs to do as we're adults. So I think that's pretty cool. Like why? I don't quite understand why someone touching us would help our gastrointestinal system like work better, but I think that's just really cool. Also, an article from a health and wellness company called OAW Health said 
that touch also increases your oxytocin. So that's another happy hormone like serotonin, but oxytocin is more known for um, bonding, closeness, trust, and love, things like that. And it lowers the stress hormone called cortisol, which gives comfort and can relieve sadness and tightness in the body and even can relieve migraines. So what? That's just so cool. Like literally you just touching someone like literally your skin moving on someone else's skin that you care about or when it's not a scary situation can create all this beautiful stuff. Like you can it can relieve a migraine. It can relieve sadness and tightness in your body, which I think is just so amazing like it just it's just a nod to how cool God is. Um, and who wouldn't want all that good stuff? Like, why wouldn't you want that? So just because you're you aren't a baby or a small child anymore, it is completely normal. And it's literally healthy to desire physical touch because it's literally good for you. Um, but I think it's even more important to understand that physical physically touching someone or or being touched is a completely healthy desire separate from sex. I think it's important to ask yourself, like, wow, was I really just desiring to be held? Was I just really desiring to be touched or have closeness with someone that loves me or with someone that I'm in a romantic relationship? Was it not about sex? Maybe it really wasn't sex after all. Um, maybe I just wanted to feel warm and loved. And and I get if you chased after sex, I get that you will receive the warmth, the warm feeling in the process. Right. Um, I, I mean, hopefully, and some people don't experience that, but it makes sense to chase after sex because you are more guaranteed to experience that touch that you desire. Um, but if that desire for touch is causing you to allow people to access your temple or access being close to you that don't deserve it or abuse that access, you're causing unnecessary hurt. And as I've said in past episodes, um, if you only think you can receive the love you deserve or desire from sex or from the opposite sex, you may find yourself in some sticky situations or just simply missing out on having closeness with people you aren't romantically involved with. And I completely understand that sometimes a hug or being close to a friend is not the same as being cuddled up with a nice, attractive Christian man. I understand that. But we have to remember that we are not in paradise. We are not living with Christ eternally, everything is not as it should be. Um, and I mean, paradise would be with Jesus and you wouldn't be in a romantic relationship, but keep the, follow me here. Um, we do not live in a perfect world that exists in eternity alone. So sometimes you're going to have to be patient and know that some things are not for you in certain seasons or literally just not for you at all. So if you think of it this way, if you aren't getting married, like that's God's plan for you, you don't know it yet, but you're waiting your whole life to be hugged or to experience a nurturing relationship with a man you'll never meet. You know, think about that for a moment. You're waiting for something that you do have access to. It may not be in the way that you want it, but it's something that you have access to currently. And I don't mean that to, I don't mean to say that to scare you. Um, I know it sounds kind of morbid. <laughs> I feel like I got quieter in the room. <laughs> Um, but it lends to the thought of not wasting your singleness. And remember that some of the most fulfilling marriages are fulfilling because they don't seek to only receive companionship or fulfillment in just those spouses alone. Um, so yeah, um, like I said earlier, um, our need for touch stems 
from birth. So you have to think like, why are some people completely opposed to touch or uncomfortable with it? Why does that happen if it's something that is so good for us or something that we tend to desire from a young age? Um, And there can be many different reasons, but one obvious reason may be that, um, you know, being close to people may remind them of their own childhood. Maybe in general, it just wasn't a norm in, in that person's life or a norm in your life, or maybe you've been close to family, but you kind of programmed your brain to think that it's only normal to seek that in men um, alone outside of your family. And there are also some people who may have past experiences that have tainted touch and caused touch to be negative. Um, personally, as I've, co- as I've told you guys before, I love being held by my grandma. Um, and like I said, if I wasn't a grown woman now and she was capable of holding my big self, I would be on her lap every time I visited her. <laughs> but at some point in my life, because I didn't receive hugs or closeness from my dad and rarely from my mom, unless I initiate it, um, it became something I avoided and thought might be weird to ask for in friendships because of what people may assume about me. Um, I was actually talking to my friend about this recently and I realized that I never liked to hug people because I knew at some point it had to end. And that's just sad to think about. Like I was avoiding hugs because I knew the hugs would end and I never felt like the hugs would be like what I needed them to be. I, I never knew, I never thought they would be fulfilling. Um, and at first when I started hugging people again, like it wasn't, and I'm like, this is not doing what I want it to. I, I want to feel close to somebody and I don't feel that way. Um, like when I found out that Disney princesses can't let go of a hug before you do, like I found out way too late in my life. Like if I knew that as a kid, I'd be saving up for that every year (laughs) just to get that kind of hug where like no one could let go, which sounds very sad. Jeez. Um, but in college I had a really affectionate best friend and she helped me to learn like, it's okay to be affectionate with people that aren't boys and it's not weird and it doesn't have to be considered questionable. Um, And that's, once again, our society kind of playing tricks on our minds unnecessarily. So now I'm able to just enjoy a hug for like the time that it lasts. And I know that's not weird to desire touch from people I care about. And now I'm more affectionate than most of my close friends, which is now another dilemma. But um, it's something I have to just be okay with. Like I'm more affectionate and that's okay because I'd rather accept that part of myself than um like avoid being affectionate because others aren't um also quick little um what do I call it what do people say fun fact um there was a researcher um therapist I believe her name was Virginia Satire and she believes that people should receive at least 10 hugs a day um and that's a lot of hugs if you think about it it sounds like a lot of hugs um I don't I'm probably not going to get a hug today. (laughs) I rarely do get hugs. Um, So, I mean, in our society, that's normal. But to think about it, like, you need 10 hugs a day. When does that actually ever happen to you? I think the last time I had 10 hugs a day was the last time I spent time at my grandma's house with my family. That might have been, like, December. Actually, no. Actually, no. I think just, like, when you're in when you happen to be in larger gatherings. So um, I I probably hugged like four friends or something like that at one time. But it's a rarity. It's not normal for you to get 10 hugs a day. That's a lot. And that might just be a lot in general. But just kind of thinking about that, like we don't really 
receive as much touch as we potentially may need. Um, And I thought that was really interesting. So after listening to this, make it your goal to hug someone today because it does good stuff for their bodies, but also for um, your relationship as well. Um, And as I mentioned earlier, some people respond completely different from myself where I would avoid touch, even though it was my desire. Um, Others may seek it too often and from those who haven't earned the right to be that close to them. So I think this is one of those things that you need to really learn to balance. So the desire to be close to someone romantically, but also knowing that in the meantime and outside of the romantic relationship, you can find affection in the people that you um, want that you love as well and also that balance that goes for those of you in relationships as well desiring to be sexually close but also desiring to respect boundaries and allowing appropriate touch to be enough in the meantime so people who are single just cherishing the people that are in your life and touching those people (laughs) Um, but also when you're in a relationship just knowing that you know there are boundaries not to um, pass as a Christian um, and respecting your girlfriend or boyfriend in that way and also just ultimately respecting your relationship with the Lord. And to explain a little further, attachment theory is a really cool thing that honestly I base my whole counseling practice around because it's such an innate thing in humans that we want to attach and be close to people that we care about. Um, and attachment theory talks about this. So Um, I was actually speaking to Bradford and Aaron from my previous episode about pornography about this. So the attachment theory is not only speaking about touch and physical closeness, but more of an emotional attachment. Um, It speaks about how we desire closeness when we're stressed, when we're scared, traumatized, and um, humans need people that can be their safe spaces. And that's kind of when things kind of go awry, when you feel like there's no one that's safe and no one to run to when you're scared or stressed. So when you think of comfort, what image kind of pops into your head? Like if I asked you to comfort someone, what would what would you do? What would that look like? Now, you would probably be confused if someone asked someone to comfort you and they created space between you with your with your bodies like they created space. That just wouldn't make sense to you. No, when you are comforting someone, you draw close to that person to comfort them. Um, the space between you actually decreases and there's no coincidence there. It is closeness in emotion and literally physically, as I outlined earlier, the science shows that it relieves stress to be physically close to each other. And God is so cool in how he works things together. And there are so many verses in the Bible, for example, Second Corinthians thirteen twelve, saying you should greet each other with a holy kiss. And there's also talk about how the importance of washing people's feet um, of those that you love and also others in general. Um, also how, um, the story about the father and the prodigal son, how his father ran to him and embraced him and kissed him after he was returning home. And at times in the Bible, it it shows that that's that's words (laughs) at times in the Bible, it shows that the disciples would lean against Jesus as he taught them. Like, what a beautiful opportunity. I can't wait for that time. Like, oh my gosh, I'd love to be close to Jesus. But I digress because we are still on this earth being humans and we have things to do here. Um, But also all throughout the Bible, Jesus touched people and they became healed. He touched them and they were saved. Jesus had, like, Jesus could 100% like, be in Nineveh and somebody could be in Gideon. He's like, and somebody comes to me like, hey, my cousin is sick. And he could be like, all right. 
poof, he's healed. He didn't have to go out there and do it. So that's just another nod to the kind of God that we serve. If he didn't have to leave where he's sitting to help one out, someone else, but he so many times in the Bible literally touches a blind man's eyes so he could see. A woman touches the hem of a garment and she is healed. There's so many different times that he puts his hands on people and touches them and they are healed they are saved. Like it's probably pretty important and it matters. Um, and like I tell you guys all the time, like Jesus was our example and we can't let society taint the beauty of being close to people we love that we're not romantically involved with. Um, but also it is completely okay to be close to your significant other and it not be considered sin. So um, just to speak a little more about Jesus, I think it's really cool that he would save us, right? Our souls, but also attend to the humanness of our being. Um, I think he knew that touching us would be something even more beautiful, being close to us in our environment. That's why he literally came down from heaven to be close to us, to experience us. So we could experience him in a real human form. Um, He could have done everything he did on earth, probably from heaven, you know, but he saw it important enough to come down and spend time and be close to the people that he cared about. So I think that's a beautiful example. Um, But also to kind of go back to the significant other aspect, because I think it's important to outline this. I feel like I've done this in other episodes, but um, a friend recently asked me about, um, the romantic aspect because she was feeling kind of convicted or felt like there should be more residual shame attached to getting close and being too close. Um, and and obviously in the, in the time being when it happens, there should be guilt there. There should be conviction. Um, but if you and your significant other make changes to pull back and be mindful of those boundaries, there should be no shame continued because Christ bared that for us. Like there's no condemnation, condemnation in Christ. It's different when you are willfully sinning and continuing to and asking that grace to still exist because that's not how it works. Um, But when you are repentant and feeling convicted and you make changes to adjust to that boundary, like you're you're good. Just keep living. I mean, we're sinners. We're going to sin. Um, I'm not saying that we should continue sinning, but when we do sin, we make right decisions after Um, the Lord is honored in that and he is pleased. So, um I think it's also important to remember, like, it is very normal to desire to be sexual with a significant other. That's not bad. You should want that, actually. I think the Lord would be pleased that you desire someone sexually. Um, but also that you just be mindful of those boundaries. And enjoying touch from people you love doesn't have to be considered sexual. So you cuddling with someone or being close to someone doesn't have to be sexual. Um, so, yeah, I hope that was helpful and helping you guys see the distinction between sexuality and touch and also how they're interwoven and how to navigate them um so yeah i hope this was helpful and um you guys can follow the parallel on instagram at the parallel pod and i will speak to you guys next week bye